Just take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. We have a lot of communication today. Communicate in so many ways, land phones, smartphones, uh, tweets, uh, Pinterest, Facebook, it just goes on and on and on. We get many messages from many different places. How do you determine which one of those are important and which one of those are not important? Well, most of us probably listen or look to see who's sending the message. And some messages we think, not too interested in that one, delete it. Others we think, man, I really want to hear what they have to say. We've been thinking for several weeks about the words of the risen Christ. What Jesus had to say after he arose from the dead. I'm going to look at the last one of those messages this week. And it comes from the end of the book of Revelation, the end of the Bible. And that message is important because of who Jesus is. And we're going to look at this message in a few moments and, and read through it and then think about it. And it's the idea of who is Jesus. He's going to tell us again himself. And then notice what he has to say. Let's look at this. Revelation chapter 22, beginning with verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Now, consider with me for a moment who Christ is. Christ said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now, that's kind of like the A and the Z and everything in between. It says that he is the first and the last. He is at the very beginning, and he will bring to completion all things. He is the beginning, the one who started it all. He is the end, the one who will finish it all. He is the eternal one. In other words, if he's the eternal one, the beginning and the end, then he's identifying himself as God. He says something else. He says he is the root and offspring of David. David lived approximately a thousand years before Christ. If Jesus is the root of David, he is before David. Again, he is making a statement about his eternity. He is making a statement that he is God. But he is also the offspring of God. Matthew and Luke trace Jesus' genealogy down through David. The, the blind man called out, you know, when he wanted Jesus' attention, Jesus, son of David. So, Jesus being the offspring of David speaks to his humanity. It means that he's lived here among us. He's been hungry. He's been thirsty, just like we have. He's been tired, like we get tired. He lost loved ones, like we lose loved ones. He has uh, had friends betray him, and that has happened to us. He even came to the place where he felt like, God, you've deserted me. 
And we felt that way. In other words, as the offspring of David, Jesus is the one who understands what we experience in this life. He was not only God, He was human as well. And so He can sympathize with us, He can guide us, He can encourage us because He has walked in our shoes. And He says He is the bright morning star. There's an Old Testament verse that says, a star will arise out of Jacob, out of the people of God, and will have a scepter. In other words, he will rule. Now, the morning star is Venus, brightest star in the sky, star that is still there when it's getting light enough that you can't see the other stars. You can still see the, the light of Venus. It comes out at brightest just before dawn. Jesus, as the bright and morning star, is the one who's always going to rule. He's the one who will stand the test of time when all of the others have lost their luster. He still will shine bright. He will still be able to give us the guidance we need. And Jesus is the one who gives us hope for a new day. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, everything's just, you know, falling apart. You know, we've got an economic crisis, we've got an ecological crisis, we've got terrorists that spring up all over the world. We, you know, look at our society and see the dissolution of, the, of our morality and of our spirituality, and we think, when's it going to stop? But Jesus gives us hope. One day He's going to return and He's going to make all of the difference. He brings the dawning of a new day. He's the bright morning star. So this God Jesus, this man Jesus, this one who gives us guidance and hope Jesus had something to say to us in these verses. Let's see what he says to his people. He says to us as his people. There in verse uh, 12, he says, Behold, I am coming soon. Don't miss the exclamation mark. I'm coming soon. He's giving us a promise. He is going to return. Again and again, the Scriptures speak of His return. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory and with His angels, and then He will reward every person according to what He has done. Matthew chapter 1 He says, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. Jesus is coming. He's going to return. And when He comes, He is going to come not in weakness, but in glory. He's not going to come in humility. He's going to come in strength. He's not going to be coming to teach as he did the first time. He's going to be coming to rule. And he's not just going to be coming to be the Savior. He's already come and already given his life on the cross to be the Savior. He's going to come to judge. Jesus is coming soon. And then he reminds us as he goes on through this that when he comes, he is going to come to judge. My reward is with me, he said, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. He's coming to judge. He's coming to make a separation. The passage of Scripture that Tammy read earlier, she talked about a separation. It's coming a time when the weeds are going to be gathered out of the wheat, and they will be gathered and burned. 
and the wheat will be put in the storehouses. Now, that's, that's kind of a constant theme in some of Jesus' teaching. He also taught about a fisherman who went out and cast his nets, brought in a great catch. Some of the fish were inedible, some were inedible. So he took the fish that were inedible and threw them away, kept the good ones, a separation. And that passage from Matthew 25, when it talked about the Son of Man coming in his glory, he says, all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. It's going to be a separation. You're either going to be the part that goes to heaven or the part that goes to hell. Two options, and only two. There will be a separation. Now, Jesus is going to come and he's going to reward those who have done right but he's going to give the condemnation to those who have done wrong. But don't misunderstand. We don't earn our place in heaven by doing right. We do right because we've been made right by Jesus. And we do wrong because we are sinners and haven't been changed by Jesus. Look at verse 14. Jesus says, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. To go into the city is to go into heaven. To have the right to the tree of life is to have eternal life. Jesus is offering those options to us. And notice again that he's talking about washing our robes. Washing, being made clean. And again, many times in the Bible that this comes about. David, after his sin with Bathsheba, said, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Isaiah had God saying to the people, Wash and make yourselves clean. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And then another time in the Bible, it's mentioned kind of the same idea. It's in Revelation chapter 7. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus spilled his blood, that's what makes us clean. And when we are made clean, when we are washed, then we are given the right to heaven and we're given the right to eternal life. And then Jesus talked about the things that are inside the city and outside the city. Remember that inside the city is heaven. Aren't you glad you're inside today? Man, they're talking about 99 degree temperature and what, 103 heat index or something? Hmm. It's better to be inside sometimes than it is outside, isn't it? Inside the city is a place of security. Outside is a place of danger. Inside the city is Jesus. Outside the city is Satan. Inside the city is the tree of life. Outside the city 
is the lake of fire. Inside the city is light. Outside the city is darkness. Inside the city are those who know the Lord, our loved ones and our fellow church members who know the Lord. They will be inside the city. And outside the city are the mean, malicious, vicious dogs. Those who do evil and won't turn away from it. Inside the city is life and life eternal. Outside the city is eternal death. Separation from God forever. So Christ speaks to us. He speaks to us to warn us. To warn us of what is going to be. The good things for those who know Him as Savior. Who have come to Him for cleansing. And the horrible things that lie in store for those who won't come to Him for cleansing. Who think they're righteous in their own eyes. Who think they don't have anything to worry about. Who think that it doesn't matter how they live. Or it doesn't matter what they do with Christ. But He comes to encourage those who know their need for Christ who realize that they have sinned and that they need to be cleansed by the cleansing power of Jesus, the only thing that can cleanse us from our sins. He comes to encourage us and to remind us that there's going to be a time of reunion, a reunion with Him and a reunion with the loved ones who are in Him who have gone on before us. New York Harbor. It's Ellis Island. For many, many years, it was the place where immigrants coming from overseas would come on the ships and disembark. They would go to the place where they, you know, got their papers checked and got all of their goods together. And then they would go up the ways, and there was a place called the Kissing Post. And it was called the Kissing Post because friends and relatives would be there to greet them, and they would hug one another and kiss one another. Maybe you've been separated for years. What a reunion! I have a feeling there's going to be a kissing post in heaven when we meet our Lord and when we meet those in Him who have gone on before us. Jesus is encouraging us the glory and the blessing of being inside the city and having the right to the tree of life. And so He wants us to be ready for His second coming. He's coming back, and we need to be ready. We need to be ready. We need to have asked Jesus to be our Savior. We need to have asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins. We need to have asked Jesus to give us eternal life. Tony Campalo, Baptist preacher and and professor, said, think about it this way. When you were born, you cried, and everybody else was happy. When you die... Are you going to be happy while everybody else is crying? Jesus is going to return. And so he invites us to come to him. Look at verse 17. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the bride, that is the church, say, come. Let him who hears, those of us who have responded to it, say, come. God is saying to us, come. Come while you've got time. Come wash your robes. Come be made clean in the blood of the Lamb. Come to the place where you can enter the city. Come to the place where you can have the right to the tree of life and be blessed forever. Come so that you can escape the lake of fire. Come so that you can escape the second death. Come. 
He's pleading with us, come. He wants us to come. And He wants to give us the free gift of life. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Free gift offered to us today. Won't you come? Won't you come and just take that free gift? Just take that cleansing. Just take that step of receiving Jesus that leads to eternal life instead of eternal death. Come today. Come today if you need cleansing. Come today if you need hope to face this dark old world we're going to have to live in for a while longer. Come today if you want that free gift of life that Christ wants to give. Our invitation hymn this morning is 412.